This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. 41% for his career. Let's test to win the game between circles. Three shots. Score! Off the post and in! Halak angrily smashes his stick that? on the post. <laughs> And Latestu has provided the two points for the Edmonton Oilers who claim their first win at the home of the New York Islanders in nearly 17 years. They don't lead all night, but the scoreboard at the end of the game will read Edmonton 4, the New York Islanders 3 in a shootout. The Oilers end their three-game winless skid, surviving the New York Islanders tonight 4-3 in a shootout. That's Jack Michaels calling the game-deciding goal by Mark Letestu in the shootout. And we'll certainly talk about the shootout selections by both coaches tonight. This one started horribly for the Oilers. They were down 2-0, just 5:49 into the game, but they fight back another close game on this road trip, and this time they're the team that is able to pull it out The last time the Oilers won a road game against the New York Islanders, it was December 14th, 1999. The score was 4-2. Mike Greer got the game-winning goal. Tommy Salo was the winning goaltender. They had been 0-8-1 since then. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, the Eskimos won as well. Their regular season finale, so a good day for Edmonton sports. You can reach us here, Overtime Open Line, courtesy of the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center, 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. My name is Reed Wilkins, joined by former NHLer Rob Brown. Well, first of all, we... Made it through the overtime without fainting. <laughs> <laughs> what what an overtime! Like the, the number of not only chances but uh, exciting uh, type of chances. You know, there was Jordan Eberle coming down on a two on one with McDavid and, and curling drags, and then all of a sudden has what four seconds in front of the net by himself. He's unable to two on one again. McDavid and Eberle. Eberle gives it to McDavid this time. He's by himself. Tries walking around. Halak Halak makes a fantastic save. You go the other way. Tavares. Ends up one-on-one, and this is what you see in, in, in overtime when it's three-on-three. Sometimes you have forwards playing defense, and Tavares one-on-one with Benoit Pouliot makes him look silly and then is unable to finish. I mean, At that point, I think Tavares had about a two-minute shift that time, and he wasn't able to get back as the Oilers got another opportunity. It, it was exciting. It, it was fun. Uh, once again, Cam Talbot gave the Oilers a, a, a very good start. Gave him the three saves in the shootout and allowed Mark Letestu to come up big. Uh, an important win for the Oilers that's uh, 
as you know, now all of a sudden you look at this. This could become a successful road trip with a game in Detroit and a game in Pittsburgh left. The Oilers, unfortunately, going into Detroit a little bit beat up. Yeah, two players hurt during this game. Another one scratched this morning. So Chris Russell on defense was scratched this morning with a lower body injury. The Oilers have called up Dylan Simpson from Bakersfield. The Condors uh, are playing tonight, so I guess a forward would have to travel uh, overnight or in the morning. Bakersfield is up 2-1 on the Texas Stars in the second period. During the game, actually both in the first period, Zach Cassian injured and Jesse Pogliarve hurt on a uh, hit from uh, Dennis Seidenberg. Seidenberg was penalized uh, for tripping on the play, really kind of a knee-on-knee collision. Both guys stayed on the bench for a while, so you were thinking, okay, maybe they're okay. You know, you know, now we'll see, but the fact that they, they didn't finish the game doesn't bode well, and, and it meant, you know, that was our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Ten forwards. A lot of guys got to play in a lot of different situations. Well, and it happened early. You look at combined, they played under six minutes in the game, two and three minutes each. So the Oilers had to find a way to get it done with 10 forwards from about halfway through the first period on. A lot of guys moving up the lineup. The fourth line players getting extended looks today and looked well. You know, we were talking during during the game off air, you know, how well Lander, who was waived by this team, who everyone thought that was no longer going to be at Edmonton Oilers, come on, he wins the big face-offs. He's been part of a very, very good Edmonton Oilers penalty kill. And then tonight he got a few more minutes playing regular shift. Pitlick again. Uh, had another strong effort. And then uh, the, the final member of that fourth line, Letestu, scores the the game winner in a shootout. So uh, players got extended minutes and, and came up big. They're just going to have to find a way to do it 24 hours from now again as the Oilers are going to be undermanned but playing a, a, against a, a Detroit team that is still trying to find themselves as well. All right, so 4-3 the final. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That comes courtesy Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. What they're going to do is give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. So great for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation whenever the Oilers can get a few in a game. They are 8-3-1 and one on the season, a 4-3 shootout win over the New York Islanders. We have Steve... Oh, hang on. Got to reset this. 780-496-0063. Now we got you, Steve. Go ahead. When was the last time we had a come-from-behind victory that was so exciting? I think it was 1986, <laughs> June, July. I can't remember. I'm not quite old enough. Unbelievable hockey game tonight in every way. Oilers Entertainment Group. Entertainment was the number one word tonight. Even my wife was yelling at the radio. It was beautiful. <laughs> well, I'll leave yeah, it with yeah. that and uh, look forward to your commentary. Cheers. Yeah. Well, shootout shootout games are interesting, Rob, because you know emotions can sway on the basis of what's. I mean, sometimes they can go six, seven shooters, and you're like, okay, no team's really better than the other one, but but somebody's fans are going to feel a little better. I think you have to give the Oilers credit tonight. And, and I know you said before the game it's it's a different set of players, but there are a whole bunch of Oilers who played that game last February where they lost eight one, and they come out and and they're down they're down two nothing six minutes in. I mean that's pretty much the worst case scenario. So you know over the the final uh, fifty four four minutes of this game, the Oilers were able to outscore the Islanders three one. 
They were. I, I honestly, I don't think it goes through the player's mind. It's not as though it happened three weeks ago or 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 this season at all. So it, things happened in the previous year, especially with the turnover the others have had. It, it doesn't go through their mind. What I think was going through their mind is, you know, we just let it slip away in, in New York against the Rangers. We we've already lost on this trip to Toronto. We've lost to Ottawa, and here we are. We're down 2 nothing to this Islander team. You know, we don't want to go four in a row with all of a sudden Detroit and Pittsburgh looming. So there was a little bit of fear, but they, they, they stay, stayed composed. They didn't get outside of their game. You know, players that uh, may have been uh, involved in the goals against in the first two, they were the guys that were involved with the goals for in, in coming back, like a, a, a young Benning who the puck bounces off his skate. He's in the wrong position. The puck's in his own net. Well, he's the one that gets the puck on net going the other way and he comes up big playing on the power play for for the Oilers tonight for the first time this season so a number of unsung players tonight were able to get it done and also a lot of the players that have been struggling you know we haven't seen Maroon's name on the score sheet enough he is a goal and assist and was very good tonight Leon Dreisaitl he scores at seven games without a point Milan Lucic he scores so those are the guys that they need to score and Jordan Eberle uh, who has been struggling, he was much better tonight. He had the one assist on the Lucic goal. Could have had about five or six points if either he or Connor McDavid were able to find the back of the net on their number of good chances. So uh, shootouts, it, it, it's funny, and you and I were talking, you win a shootout, and all of a sudden you got Bob and Jack saying, you know what, they found a way. They gutted it out and found a way. In, in a shootout, it, it's a skill contest. The other team wins, everyone's depressed. When in reality, it's, it's a point on the road. At the very least, the Oilers deserve that point, and now they can feel a little bit better about themselves going into the final two games of this road trip. All right, let's talk about the shootout <laughs> selection. Uh, let, let's, start with, let's start with the Islanders, first of all. And, and look, I mean, you and I, I mean, we follow the league, but it's not as if we've watched every single Islanders game. But they showed their last shootout mm-hmm. uh, on the on the TV highlights uh, today. They go with Nick Letty, a defenseman who did who did score tonight. They go with Andrew Ladd, who has one assist this season, and and was awful tonight. M- Might have been the worst I've ever seen Andrew Ladd play. Absolutely. Uh, how did he? Like how much ice time did he finish with? Because we we don't even fifteen oh nine. But we both said that he play in the third period. We assume that he did, but uh, we did not notice. Didn't him. notice him. Uh, and then Jason. Chimera, who, uh, as an Edmontonian, we love him, but generally you wouldn't think of him in the top three, especially when John Tavares hasn't gone. Well, you and I, we always guess who's going to shoot for either team. And we're going, all right, we just saw it. It was easy for the Islanders. They just showed the three guys that shot in the last shootout for them. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, there's Letty, a defenseman. Huh, that's a little odd. And then then all of a sudden Andrew Ladd, and we're like, okay, Andrew Ladd, that's a bad choice simply because he's done nothing. Sometimes as a coach you have a hunch. This guy's having a big game. He's playing well. Let's keep going on him. Ladd wasn't that guy. And then when they sent out Jason Chimera, and you got, you know, John Tavares, who to me is in the top ten best players in the world on home ice. How you can't put him in the shootout is beyond me. Uh, I I was shocked, and I'm not, after seeing the three shooters, shocked that the the Islanders didn't score. I mean, Chimera was almost behind the goal line when he shot, and Andrew Ladd, his shot missed the net by about eight feet, it seemed like. So uh, not good choices, I don't think, by the Islanders. All right, for the Oilers, we were pretty sure Eberle was going to go first. Yep. Uh, if If it's me, I go Eberle, McDavid. And then and then Nugent Hopkins, yep. and then you have Dreisaitl, 
And to me, it's not completely off the board to have Latestu because I looked up his stats. He is now in his career 12 for 29 in shootouts. Which is very good. And Mm -hmm. we've seen him finished on breakaways before. I don't know if I'd have him in my top three ahead of McDavid, though. But, I mean, it worked out tonight. I I mean, if I I agree. I would have went Everly first, McDavid second. Those, to me, are no-brainers. And then after seeing the success that we that Latestu has had in shootouts and also the success that he's had on breakaways this year, you know, in pressured situations, on breakaways, he's scored. So I have no problem with him going ahead of a nuge, ahead of a dry settle. I, I, I honestly would have Connor McDavid in my shootout every time. It, it would, I would always start with Everly and I'd go with McDavid second. But I mean, but they, it was funny though. You're watching. You and I are sitting here, and okay, no McDavid, no Tavares. There's two of the top ten players in the world that did not get a chance to shoot today. But the problem is, one team's still going to win, and that coach is still going to look like a genius. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess no. I don't know if this changed McClellan's plans, but if Latestu misses, you don't lose. The, sh- the shootout keeps going, so you st- McDavid still still could have gone. Now, I don't know if if Chimera would have scored. It, probably Latesti, well, he would have been because they got to give yeah. him a list, right? Yeah, so uh, I, to me, I, I've i played in sh- uh, leagues where they've had shootouts. Ken Hitchcock was my coach, and you always lead Trump. You throw your best first, your second best second, your third best third. You do not want to have uh, an ace sitting on the bench not being used. And uh, tonight, the Islanders certainly had that, and, and Connor McDavid didn't shoot. But, you know, how do you argue when you have success in Todd McClellan's team? He picked the right shooter because Latestu scored. Uh, Namudi has texted in here to 63630. He says, I can tell you why they used Ladd and Chimera. First of all, the Islanders just lost a shootout game. Second, both of them were free agent signings. Ladd has zero points, Chimera zero points. Well, let's not. Andrew Ladd has one point. Pretty sure he does. Yeah, he had one he assist. He has one assist. Uh,. Chimera has three assists, but yeah, they're they're both. Though Chimera, you don't expect as many points from. I mean, I I don't know. Is it that is it that simple no. for a coach that he says I'm just going to throw different guys because they didn't work the last time? No, you you don't do that. You go with your best, and your best is John Tavares. I mean, especially John Tavares, if he scores, all the pressure is now on on the Edmonton Oilers because it's it is much harder to to score if you have to. Mark Letestu, there's less pressure on it because if he doesn't score, the game is not over. But if Tavares would have gone and scored or if Chamara would have scored, it's much harder following a guy that scored knowing that if you miss, the game is over. Letestu didn't have to worry about that, and he finished and good on him. 780-496-0063. A reminder, we are looking for somebody to finish the play tonight. You can also text 63630. We'll get to more text messages in a few minutes. The three star, I love this off the game sheet, as selected by Islanders Media. Not not just one or two or one. Well, the, the last game it said attending media. Well, this just narrowed all, it down a bit. Yeah, just the Islanders one. They don't trust any of the Oilers guys. All right, uh, Prince from the Islanders, the third star, Seidenberg, the second star, Maroon, the first star. You know what? He got two assists and his first point tonight. I'm going to nominate Matthew Benning as the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I cannot disagree with you. I thought he was good. Thought he played well. And I'm going to be coaching his brother on Tuesday morning, so or Tuesday afternoon, so I cannot go against your recommendation. Matthew Benning was good tonight. All right, so the Oilers snap a three-game winless skid. It's interesting though; these last four games, they they play the Ottawa Senators. They're down a goal, going to the third, can't tie it. Ottawa gets an empty netter. Certainly, Craig Anderson. That was a, and he again has taken a leave of absence. By the way, for, from the team, tough situation for him, but storybook uh, night for Anderson. There, they start the road trip against the Leafs. They trail 2-1 going to the third. They do get the tire 
and then the overtime only lasts 12 seconds. Against the New York Rangers, they never trail until a minute 21 left. They give up uh, they give up the game-winning goal and an empty net goal to lose by two, but basically that's a, a one-goal game most of the way. And then tonight, another close game. They fall behind 2-0, tie it, fall behind again, tie it, and, and, and tonight they come up big. So an interesting kind of, an interesting four-game stretch where, um, you know, in every game, and, and, you know, putting yourself in a situation, Rob, I mean, I always talk about it, whether it's football or hockey, you want to be at least close enough where if you don't make a mistake and someone makes a play, you win. Mm-hmm. You want you want to be within a shot, and, and the Oilers have done that in, in most games this season. That's why they're getting points. I mean, there's so many years that we've looked at the end of the year where the Oilers are out of the playoffs, and you look at these other teams that have got what eight, nine, ten, fifteen overtime or shootout losses. It's because they they put themselves in the games. And they may have got lost those ones, but they all got points in those games. And then the other games, they got the second point because they won yep. the close ones. The Oilers in the past have lost a lot of games that they weren't even in. And now they're staying in it. And if you stay in long enough, eventually you get a break. And tonight the break ended up being a couple big saves by Talbot in, in, in overtime and then the, the shootout goal. So this a, a road trip that started... Uh, in a, in a negative fashion with a couple losses can turn around very quickly and that win tonight on a shootout could be what propels the rest of this road trip to be a successful road trip. Yeah, they win one of these next two. It's a 500 mm-hmm. road trip. So yeah, they'll try to uh, squeak out a victory here. Detroit tomorrow, Pittsburgh on uh, Tuesday. Okay, 780-496-0063. Ryan will finish the play when we get back. You can also text 630-630. It's overtime open line, courtesy of the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Shootout win for the Oilers, 4-3. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And shoot wide from the left circle. That might have been tipped. Tavera has it for the Islanders. Long toss. Here's Tavares. Pugliotta's back defensively. Tavares makes a move to the net. Rich Camp Talbot made an unbelievable save. That is the save of the game as called by Jack Michaels for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. That was with 15 seconds left in overtime. John Tavares, great chance. Talbot, solid tonight, makes 30 saves, three more in the shootout. Well, lad shot wide. But the goalie gets credit for the denial. He intimidated when it comes him. To the shootout, yeah. to the shootout sets. It was funny. The, the shots tonight were 33-23 for the Islanders. The shot attempts, and that includes shots that go wide and shots that were blocked, were 66-54 for the Oilers. Because we were surprised. The Oilers only had four shots on net. In the second period, now you got to hit the hit the net to score, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't like there was a massive zone time favor for the or in favor of the Islanders. Well, yeah, we were listening to Bob and Jack, and they talked at the end of the second period. The Oilers only had 11 shots on net, and normally when a team only has 11, it means they're getting dominated. And territorial, it was it was fairly close, uh, but the Oilers obviously were just missing that. They had a number of great opportunities tonight. I know that. Uh, Connor McDavid ended up having six shots on net, but he had another four that didn't hit the net, including a couple point blank that he just missed uh, in overtime. So the other just missing chances. And the the one thing that bodes well for those going forward, it's, it's they're still getting points in their games. They're still have a the, the record that they have. 
yet some of their top players haven't been producing. Not though they're not getting the chances, just those chances aren't going in for them. So eventually, uh, you're going to see some of their stars, especially Connor McDavid, break through and have a big night. And that's always a, a fearful thing. I know I've been in the dressing room many, many times where another team's coming in and they've got a star player and you look and you're like, oh, this guy has been held pointless for three straight games. Now you're, there's a fear in you because you're like, he's going to have a three or four or five-point night. Let's hope that that isn't tonight against us. And I'm sure that's what the Detroit Red Wings are thinking tomorrow. Connor's been a little slow in the production as of late. He's going to have a breakout game. The Detroit Red Wings would be a great night for him to, for him to do it there in Joe Louis as it's the last time the Edmonton Oilers will ever be there. All right, we got Ryan on the phone line who's going to finish the play with us. But first, Ryan, give us your thought on the game tonight. Oh, it was pretty good. A little nerve-wracking late in the game there. My hands and feet were a little sweaty, but uh, good win. <laughs> yeah, the overtime was a little nuts. Now, have you been a fan of three-on-three now that we've uh, seen it for a bit here, or where do you stand on it? Um, it's exciting. I don't like the odd man rushes when they're going against the Oilers, but uh, after watching the one in the World Cup in North America, it's hard not to like. Tonight was pretty crazy, too, so... All right. Yeah, are you re- I, don't, I don't mind it. Are you ready to finish the play, buddy? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. On the line is uh, your name in the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Ryan, listen close here. Edmonton with numbers. Over the line, right wing with McDavid. Everly pulls the trigger. Okay. Everly uh, taking a shot. Uh, goal or no, no goal? goal. Edmonton with numbers over the line, right wing with McDavid. Everly pulls the trigger. Back hitter denied. A lock. There you go. Good stuff, Ryan. Hang on the line so Kellen can get your information. That was the Everly chance in overtime where Rob, you said <laughs> was it two on one, and it turned into it turned into like a twelve foot breakaway. Well, it almost turned into uh, you see in the All Star game where they, the, the the forward stands in front of the net and he has a the passers passing he just shoots by himself. Everly was completely by himself. He had all the time in the world. Sometimes that messes you up a little bit because you got too much time and you're not used to doing it. He actually he made a wonderful play on that afterwards. But Halak, who uh, also had a very strong game, he didn't have as many shots against, but there was a number of great scoring opportunities that he, he denied. So there, the Oilers probably should have won this in overtime. They had a couple of odd man breaks. They weren't able to capitalize, and it was their best players that were on those odd man breaks. But they were still able to get the extra point with the Latestu shootout goal on a, a really nice move in the shootout uh, with, uh, you know, the game on the line. He's He scored some breakaway goals this year, and he does it again in the shootout. 4-3, the Oilers take it. Should mention the special teams tonight. The Oilers' much maligned power play does go 2-3 for three this evening, and they go 3-3 three for three on the penalty kill. On the road this season, the Oilers are a perfect 17-for-17 17 17 killing off penalties. They didn't give the Islanders much tonight. Now, there's always uh, what did the other team do? I mean, there were some blatant Islanders passes where they just put it on an Oilers stand yep. and it got iced. But but sometimes it's the pressure from the penalty killers. And you and I were talking also during the game tonight. You know, what if a Hendricks was healthy tomorrow? And, you know, he's going to be in the lineup, obviously, if he was. He's not. He's not even close to being back yet. But if he was, Anton Lander, who at the beginning of the season was waived, everyone thought his time in Edmonton was probably done. Injuries allowed him to stay here. He is a huge part of the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers. It has been outstanding this year, one of the top in the National Hockey League. He plays two and a half minutes tonight, penalty killing. Uh, he wins face-offs. He leads the Oilers in face-off percentage. He's about 58%, 59%, somewhere in there. 
Like, how can you take him out now? He's played so well. So good on Anton Lander, who career looks stalled here in Edmonton, gets an opportunity and absolutely grasps that opportunity. And he's probably a different type of player in the National Hockey League than he was hoping to be. But he's found a role, and he's excelled at it over th- you know, the first, what, 10, 11, 12 games of the season. But he's been very, very good. I should mention, the Oilers' PK, good overall, second in the NHL coming into tonight's game. So we'll see if it does move up the first once all the results shake down. All right, we have Jared on the phone line, 780-496-0063. Hi, Jared. Evening, gentlemen. Go ahead, man. You, you kind of stole my thunder because our PP is so awesome, and I'm awesome. Um, I'm awesome. I'm so happy about it. Like, like they don't even have a chance. They're not even getting shots on us, right? But uh, and we like we won. So may I quote Anton Slepyshev? I am so happy. But uh, I, I don't know. I just everybody seems to be progressing forward. Like Nurse. Like he's gonna be. He's gonna be our PP guy. I think right away here. He's. His shot's good. He gets it through. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a matter of more games. And it kills us that Russell's gone. I think he's been our best defenseman. And But but I'm telling you, Nurse is going to be our guy. Like, he's just like Pronger where he just kind of dangles it out there, pulls it in, and gets it on the net. And that's what matters on a power play, not power, not accuracy, getting it on the net. Yeah. Good night, guys. Yep, thanks, Jared. Good to hear from you. Got a text here from JR as well. He says, I'm loving the way Nurse is standing up and crushing guys at the blue line. It's making players think twice and maybe change their plans when Nurse is able to do that. I mean, Nurse is, is he's, he's looking more comfortable, and mm-hmm. he's looking more like when he decides to do something, he, he commits to it. There's none of that hesitation where, oh, wait, should I should I be? Oh, I've never dealt with this before. Like, I think he's getting the experience and he's getting more confidence. Well, and I think when he first came came here, there there was so much talk about, so much hype. He's a high draft pick. He just had the, you know, the epic junior series, him against McDavid, when their team two teams faced off. And I think he, he came in and tried to do too much. He was running around on the ice, trying to throw the big hit, but sometimes he'd go to throw the big hit, he'd miss, and it'd be an odd man break. He'd try to rush the puck all the time, sometimes lose control. His, his feet were going faster than his head was. But over the last little while, he's calmed himself down. He looks more comfortable. He's jumping up in the play, but he's doing it at the right time. He's being physical at the right time. He's still got the nastiness in his game. You'll see a number of times in, in, in battles in front of the net. There was a great battle he had tonight behind the net. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Lab, but he, I mean, cross-check after cross-check. Smart, though. Not the ones where you, you, you extend your arms where you're going to get a penalty, but enough that the guy that you're fighting with knows he's in a bit of a, a, bit of a war there. So he, he's under control, and I think that last year at times he was out of control. He's under control, and he's much more effective. He's playing very good hockey right now for the Edmonton Oilers, and he's, it's nice when you have a third pairing and you've got a, a, a solid player on it because you can put Greibe there, you can put Benning there if a Dylan Simpson comes up. And now Nurse is the guy that is the stable part. He's the guy that they're putting guys with because they feel comfortable with Nurse in all different situations. So, yeah, Nurse is progressing in the right direction. All right, the Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. If you are on hold, stay there. But we want to go back to Brooklyn. We'll start our post-game reaction with head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, I had uh, flashbacks to last year's debacle here. Um, certainly 13 seconds in wasn't part of the plan. and. 
And the next three or four minutes after that, they had us on our heels. But um, you know, we had a sense that was coming. I think I talked this morning about having a tiger by the tail. They had had their, uh, you know, their team meetings and, and that type of stuff. And fortunately for us, we weathered the storm. Um, character win for our group uh, wasn't pretty, but we found a way to do it. And bench got so short so early that uh, I give a lot of those players credit for grinding it out. Uh, you've talked about how growth. This is a growth team, and this looks like that type of win that you know, as you mentioned, character win. Two guys out. What was it about the response? The response. Why did where you think you were able, you were able to respond the way you guys did to get it back? Win -win? Well, we're. I, I think we're a different group. I, I really believe that. Um, it began last year. Our belief system started to get stronger. Uh, we've retooled our team. We still got a lot of work to do in, in different positions, but as we bring people in from from other clubs that have had success there's a little more of a calmness to our group uh the panic points a lot further down the road than it used to be and uh the players continue to march on and um there's going to be some nights where it doesn't work out that way and it ends up being a four or five goal loss which is really unfortunate but um that happens to i don't happen to montreal and they're number one in the league so um that's just the way our league is but the character and the uh um, perseverance is a little stronger um, as we move forward, and I think that's due to the leadership. Regrouping for tomorrow now, where are you at with your roster in terms of... Well, we, you know, obviously we have the, uh, the 10 forwards that are available to us unless somebody else is banged up. Uh, Dylan Simpson's been recalled on the back end, and we'll have to look at what we're doing up front. Um, you know, it's happening so quick right now. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to discuss things with, uh, with Peter. Uh, and it's a quick turnaround, 5 o'clock game. So we'll have enough players, and we'll throw a lineup out there. And, um, you know, if my gut holds true, we'll have a good character uh, game again tomorrow. How was Yessa doing? Uh, he's sore. Um, I don't know if he'll be available tomorrow. He's being evaluated. But, uh, you know, unfortunate because he's really been making strides, improving every night. Did you think iffy, that knee on knee? Um, to be honest with you, I haven't gone back and watched it. Um, I looked up on the big screen, and uh, obviously if it's something that needs to be looked at, the legal take care of it. Is that the same knee? Didn't they have an operation? He did. Uh, it, it, right now, it's, it's not a knee issue it's at all. It's No, it's more Charlie horse, so um, we're not concerned about the knee. What about Zach? Yeah. Cass is a lower body thing, and uh, I don't think he'll be uh, available tomorrow. We'll see how he, he will be for, when do we go, Tuesday after that. We did. We we don't want to shoot the puck. We want to stick handle it right to the back of the net and, and then celebrate. And that that doesn't happen, especially on the ice here. You got to be prepared to shoot. And uh, you know we had great opportunities and great looks. As did they going the other way as well. But um, I liked our opportunities. We just didn't make good on it. Well, you know, we had a texter saying that, that yeah, he or she thinks the Oilers pass too much mm -hmm. and pass up some shots. Certainly Todd McClellan agrees. I, I do think that's an issue at times. So the injury update, Cassian lower body not available tomorrow. So Puglia-Yarve, not a knee issue. Uh, Charlie Horse, though, Rob, tell us in your mind, I mean, we're not, we're not there, but I mean, you've... Uh, I know you've been banged up a few times in your, in your life. Do, do, you th do you think you might be able to go tomorrow? Uh, it'll be worse tomorrow morning than it is right now. It's going to stiffen up overnight. I know that the one thing they make you do, as soon as you have a Charlie horse, you bend your knee so that you have it flexed, and then you just wrap it in ice. Uh, but overnight, 
it is where the problem comes because now it was your legs straightened out during the night it starts to tighten in the morning it's a lot sore so if he was unable to play the remainder of the game tonight then I would doubt he would be able to play in the game tomorrow because it's going to be a lot more sore and it's, it's a, an injury you don't want to mess with so you let it heal and hopefully he'll be ready for the following game all right, playing the last two-thirds of the game with 10 forwards. The Oilers do rally from an early deficit and beat the Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. You'll hear from the guy who got the deciding goal, Mark Letestu. Chase is up next on the phone lines. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hickey gave an appreciative tap on the pads. Nugent Hopkins went down. Lucic left circle to Everly in front. Wrist shot denied. Rebound. Lucic scores. Power play goal. Milan Lucic. And this game is tied once again. 3-all. Lucic, his fifth of the year. And he keeps the numbers going head-to-head against New York. We told you he's a point-of-game guy against the Islanders. That made it 3-3 late in the second period. Oilers' second power play goal of the game. No scoring in the third. Mark Letestu, the only goal in the shootout. And the Oilers beat the Islanders 4-3. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 8.51 earlier today. The Edmonton Eskimos wrapping up their season with a 41-17 win over Toronto. Eskimos at Hamilton next Sunday in the East semifinal. Eskimos fourth in the West, but a better record than the third-place team in the East, so they cross over. 780-496-0063. We have Chase on the line. Chase, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going there? Uh, this is uh, Chase Hawk speaking here. I'm over on uh, HMCS Regina and Esquimalt, BC. How are you guys doing? Oh, awesome. Good to hear from you. Yeah, man. This was, wow, what a great game. I uh, I actually only got the tail end of it. I was listening to you guys uh, on my phone here. I'm actually just, uh, I'm on like a security watch right now. So the only way I could watch the game was through uh, listening to you guys. What a, what a great, what a great name. What a great uh, game, guys. It was an exciting game. You're probably glad you missed the first six minutes because the Islanders jumped out to a to a to a two nothing lead for the season. So Chase, you didn't get to see any of it. You were just listening to Chad. Yeah, I was just listening to you guys. I've listened to you guys probably uh, man as far back as the early '90s. When I used to listen to Rod Phillips, and I've always listened to you guys. I just never want, always wanted to call in, but I was yeah, I was work, I was working and I was listening to last stand. I was like, man, I got to call in. So yeah, it was great to hear great to hear the game. Great to hear that they won again, top of the Western Conference as long as Chicago doesn't get us. But uh, yeah, so what? Excited. So Chase, what did you think about the shootout selection? Six guys went. Neither one was John Tavares, or none of them were John Tavares or, or Connor McDavid. Well, I actually kind of agreed with you. I was surprised to hear that Connor McDavid was on there, but not surprised to see what Tuffy. You know, you could score those two goals in the uh, on the shootout or the uh, penalty shot or that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Short-handed goals. And, yeah, you know what? He's confident when he goes up on the breakaway and everything. So, you know what? What a great idea to throw him in there with all the pressure on him. He handled it with those two. And, you know what? I, it worked out for him. Chase, we really appreciate that you called, man. I hope uh, hope you have a great night and I hope to hear from you again. 
Oh, well, do. Have a good night, guys, and happy remembered day to y'all. Right on. Thank you, Chase. Yeah, well said for sure. This texter says, I played with Mark Letestu with the Bonneville Pontiacs. I've seen that move way too many times. Uh, he'll snap it over the glove or five-hole almost every time. He may lack foot speed, but get him in alone, and he'll make a quality move and usually score. And let's go back to Brooklyn and hear from the former AJHL MVP. Here's Mark Letestu. Yeah, I think... Uh the start especially uh, last year in this building was kind of a similar script. Uh, I think it shows the difference in, in the two groups, the way we you know, forced our way back, uh, used the power plays to get some momentum, some two huge, huge goals. Uh, like you said, to, to stick with it, the short bench like we did, basically rolling three lines and, and mixing a guy in. Uh, to get it to overtime to give ourselves a chance to, to get that second point was uh, with a gutsy effort. Someone have to yell on the bench after the second goal, or did you guys just kind of know it's time to dig? I mean, we, we were just it was some self chatter, you know, amongst us. It wasn't like anybody had to get up and, and roar at us. Uh, you know, we, we knew we, we weren't starting on time. Uh, you know, it wasn't the way we wanted to start the game. We were a little bit slow to the punch. Uh, but again, the, the power play, you get a deflection goal there from from Patty, and then the power play steps up with that second one. Uh, kind of some dirty goals got us back in the hockey game, but I think it showed uh, you know the guys are willing to stick with it uh, no matter the circumstances. And Cam was again big for us, gave us a chance to win that one. Todd, Todd has talked a lot about how this is a growth team and still growing and learning things along the way. What what's the, the, the takeaway then off of tonight's game? Well, for, for me, I mean. You talk about growth, uh, you know, last year in this building, this time of the year, 8-1 loss. Uh, this time we come out slow like we did then, uh, but found a way to battle back. I think that, that shows growth within the room. A lot of guys in this room were part of that game, uh, but found a way. Used the power play, uh, played a smart game because of the way the bench was. Uh, and again, just found a way to, to score some goals, some opportune times. What were you thinking about? All right, that is Mark Letestu who got the shootout winner this evening. Oilers over the Islanders 4-3. So the Oilers are 8-3-1 on the year. They uh, are on top of the Pacific Division currently with uh, a five-point lead on San Jose and Anaheim. San Jose is playing tonight. And uh, two points ahead of Chicago for best record in the Western Conference. Chicago does have a game in hand. Uh, and interestingly enough, Oilers 4-2 at, ro- uh, at home, 4-1-1 one one on the road. And, I mean, uh, nice to see them go through the Western Canadian cities, Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg, earlier in the season, and get wins, and now 1-1-1 one, one, and one so far on this road trip. Well, if you want to be a playoff team, you got to win on the road. Uh, it, it, the, 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 we've seen in the past, 94-95 points is what's going to get you into the, to the playoffs. So you better have a, a respectable road record, and the Oilers haven't in the past. They do right now. And these games, too, uh, when they get out east, playing some Eastern Conference teams, from what we've seen thus far at the beginning of the season, the Eastern Conference is much stronger, much better this year than they have been in the past seasons. So to get some points on the road out east is, is important for the Oilers. They've got a tough stretch coming up, not only on this road trip, but once they get home, they're playing some of the, the powers of the league. you got to bankroll all these points when you can. And the Oilers are finding a way to get points here and there on the road, and tonight found that extra point on the big shootout. Now they got to find the, their first real test in back-to-back and playing their backup goaltender. So tomorrow is another test that uh, has a little bit of adversity with the injuries with the backup goalie, and we'll see how they handle the adversity. All right, we got a break for the 9 o'clock news. Plenty of time for your phone calls, 780-496-0063. I want to catch up on some of the messages to the text line as well to 630-630. The Oilers win it 4-3 over the New York Islanders in a shootout. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. And then he said... Hey. 
Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is the Oilers rallying from an early 2-0 deficit to beat the New York Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 9.05 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. I want to take a quick look at your out-of-town scoreboard. The Kings lead the Flames 2-0 after the first period. The winner of that game will get to 500. Stanley Cup final rematch. Penguins up 1-0 on the Sharks with seven minutes left in the first. You know, you got to cheer for the... You cheer against the Pacific Division teams if you're I an cheer Oilers for, fan. I cheer for the Penguins. You cheer anyways. for the Penguins anyway because they gave you a paycheck for several years. They did. They did. <laughs> and they got some guy named Crosby I kind of like too. The Rangers beat the Bruins 5-2. couple of shorthanded goals for the Rangers in that one. Avalanche over the Wild 1-0. A fight-filled, penalty-filled game sees the Leafs pound the Canucks 6-3. Likely some suspensions coming out of that one. And the... the number one guy that we talked about after the game the other night against the Leafs, Kadri, who for many people wish something would have happened to that night. Something I think is going to happen to him from the NHL. I believe he will be suspended for a very dirty hit on one of the cities. I can't remember if it was Daniel or Henrik. And I know they were showing on the TV all was was their head contact. was, And to me, it's, it doesn't matter. It was a blindside hit Cheap. In, a, in a situation where a player shouldn't expect to be hit. So to me, the head contact is, is secondary. The Canadians bounce back 5-4 over the Flyers tonight. Yeah, they had a different goaltender in that tonight. Although they did give up 14 goals in back-to-back games. That's not good. They split the games and the Montreal Canadiens back top of the National Hockey League. Sabres edge the Senators 2-1. The Lightning over the New Jersey Jersey Devils tonight, 4-1. The Capitals beat the Panthers 4-2. Ovechkin got his seventh, but Oshie had two to get up to six on the season. The Blues in overtime, Tarasenko 2-1 win over the Blue Jackets. In a shootout, the Hurricanes beat the Predators 3-2, and Chicago wins tonight 3-2 over the Dallas Stars, but uh, the Oilers do stay two points ahead of Chicago for the best record in the Western Conference. How about the uh, Oil Kings tonight? They fall behind in Brandon 3 nothing. They win 6-3. Yeah, Brandon's a very good hockey team. I know they've got a little bit of injury going on. they got some players away at, uh, at a tournament, but huge win on the road. I think that was the last game of, a, uh, of their swing. Yeah, they their had a swing. swing out there, yeah. So I know... <laughs> out there, Saskatchewan, yes. Manitoba, somewhere out there. Some way, way, way out <laughs> east. But our good friend, Fernando Pisani, he was on the road trip with that team, and I just sent him a text, told him to tuck himself in because he's got a long bus ride home from Brandon tonight. AHL, Bakersfield leading Texas 4-2 early in the third. Taylor Beck with a goal and two assists. Mitch Moraz has uh, scored for the Condors as well. Dylan Simpson. Sorry, did J.J. play in the game tonight? Jujar Kara. Because I thought Bob said that he was not dressed tonight. He's not listed. No, which means which could mean that he is on his way to Detroit. He may be the player getting called up with the injuries to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, and I guess they would have had time. Or what if they? Yeah, they might have had time to to get a message out there. Uh, Dylan Simpson, defenseman, is coming up to the Oilers. Chris Russell, injured and not expected to play tomorrow. Oilers and Detroit, and that next game, of course, on 6.30, Chet, tomorrow afternoon, 1.30 for the face-off show, 3 o'clock for the drop of the puck. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 6.30-6.30. Colonel H.P. Happaplap, now there's a handle for you, (laughs) says uh, the biggest difference between this team and those of the past is that the 
current Oilers all have a high battle level. You couple that with enough skill and you have players like Maroon, Crazy Ice, Cassian, Nurse, and Lucic. They win one-on-one battles and the players seem to grasp an overall defensive scheme. I know it's uh, early and the team has its warts, but let's put our goggles on because we are going to ride the lightning. All right, there's a... uh, Positive text. Hey, you know, you know win tonight. It's funny you say he says the Oilers have the words. All teams have words. All teams do. You know, the last year the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup. Up until December, they were a bad hockey club. I mean, they, their coach lost his job. So right now, you you notice the mistakes that your teams make more often than you notice the other teams because you see them. You see them over and over and over again. You see the same team playing all the time. They're going to have warts. Everybody has warts. And the others the other night, they, they lose to the New York Rangers in a, in a close game, in a game that they easily could have won. They give up the goal late. The New York Rangers crushed two teams before they played against the others. They just beat up on the Boston Bruins pretty well tonight, a 5-2 game. That was a very good team that the others were a minute and a half away from getting a point against. So the Oilers, the warts and all, are still playing very, very well right now. And every time they, they, they get a point or get an extra point in a shootout, just adds to the, the bankroll of points they're trying to put together to, to have meaningful games in March. Uh, KW says, I know we scored tonight, but I haven't liked the look of Lucic on this road trip. The play seems to die on his stick. He's not being very aggressive physically, and for a guy with an A on his chest, he doesn't really seem to be playing with a lot of fire right now. Well, look, I I, I think I, I think we gotta be we gotta be fair about Milan Lucic. Has has he had a couple of off games? I would say yes. He has five goals on the year in in 12 games, which isn't a bad pace. The type of goal he scored tonight is the type of goal he's quote-unquote supposed to score. Mm -hmm. Go to the net, find a rebound, have hands good enough to finish it. He he did that. Uh, Certainly you can question, was he mean enough against Toronto the other night? That's that's absolutely a a fair debate. I mean, this is a guy who's probably going to get between 50 and 60 points if you look at his career past. Yep. So he's not really too far. Well, I think he's probably right on I that. I think he's right on that pace now. What's his point total up to? He's at eight points in 12 games. So, yeah, two-thirds of a, a point a game. Uh, I, I know everybody wants him to go out there and bulldoze somebody every shift and, and have remarkable setup plays with with uh, with McDavid or whoever he's with. He was with Drysaddle most of the game tonight. I mean, in terms of the play dying on his stick, Lucic is not and is not going to become a puck carrier and and a playmaker. You know, f- fair comment. Um, you know, I know, I know. In this market, everybody's game is is going to be dissected. But I wouldn't look at Lucic and say, "Oh, disappointment, B- bad signing." I mean, I think, I think, with a couple of exceptions, for the most part, he, he is the player you expected. Well, I mean, if you look at Milan Lucic from an offensive standpoint, he, he's had thirty goals once in his career. He's had twenty goals in one, two, three other years, and then penalty minutes uh, over the last four years: seventy nine, eighty one, ninety one, seventy five. So I think you're seeing this is Milan. I, I think the the bar was set very high for him. The expectations were very high. He's a guy that will come to the aid of his teammate every chance that he can. He's a guy that's going to score you 25 goals, get 55, 60 points. He'll be a very good leader in the dressing room. Uh, he'll set the tone in those those games that you need him, where you need the size. But he's not going to be a guy that every night he's going to be first star. He never has been in his in his career. Everyone in every all the teams that were 
trying to get him this summer. We're trying to get him for everything that he's about, from, from the type of player he is, the type of person he is off the ice, his leadership abilities, uh, his physicality. But I, I think sometimes you, you see the money, you see the term, you see everyone talking, about, oh, right, we got Milan, it's awesome, and then all of a sudden your expectations go through the roof. I mean, if what you're seeing now is probably what the Boston Bruins saw for the last six, seven, eight years. A guy that will score, you know, 25 goals, he'll fight four or five times a year, he'll throw the big hit every once in a while, he'll talk to the other team if they're getting a little out of hand. But he, he, I don't know if, if people are expecting the second coming of Mark Messier, that's not who Milan is. I think what you're seeing from Milan is what he is, and I think he, along with a few other players, have changed the culture of this organization. And one of the big reasons that the Oilers are where they are in their standings has been Milan Lucic and what he's brought uh, to to the team as far as his on ice, but more importantly to the off ice and what he's doing to help Connor McDavid uh, take this team to the next level. Lucic, along with Dreisaitl and Maroon, the goal scorers tonight. Let's go back to Brooklyn, and here's Patrick Maroon. Uh, you know, how nice is it to get the win, snap the skid, and what can you say about the way you guys played to get that win? Yeah, I thought the first five minutes were we weren't ready to drop the puck, but after that, the last 15 minutes in the first period, I thought we got pucks deep, we cycled, we, we shot pucks, they got through, we got second and third opportunities, and we got rewarded after that. Yourself, uh, you get bumped up to play with Connor, and you could just see you got a lot of jump. Not that you weren't playing well before, but how good did you feel out there tonight? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, in the D zone, I kind of let one up in the in the second there, but you know, I felt really good. I thought our cycle game was really good on our line. I thought we created a lot of chances. I thought even off the rush, we were pretty good. Um, you know, that's hopefully we can continue that if we stay together. Uh, but all in all, I, I thought I felt pretty good tonight. As a team, when they got up two goals, was there a sag? And especially when they got up uh, 3-2, how did you guys thought you responded to that? Yeah, I thought we did a really good job. No one hung their heads. Um, we we stuck with it, and we battled, we battled, and, you know, we just kept grinding, you know, and, you know, we learned from those. we got to be ready tomorrow in the first five minutes of the game. You know, that's a cl- crucial. Uh, in this game, anything can happen, and it can happen fast. And I thought we responded pretty well. No one ha- hung their heads. Everyone was positive on the bench and lots of energy, and, and, uh, and we responded, like I said. Okay, that's Patrick Maroon, who strikes tonight his fourth goal of the season. You, you know, I, I I will say this, if we're going to be a little picky, I, I didn't think the Oilers really started any of the periods well, down 2 nothing early. Um, they spent four of the first six minutes of the second period shorthanded, though, though they killed them off, but you're not attacking. And it was maybe a little dicey earlier in the third. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the puck a lot. But again, you give them credit for getting it back on, on track each time. But if you're uh, watching the game as a neutral observer, you would think that the Islanders should dictate the, the periods. I mean, they're on their home rink. They should be able to, to get last change. They're, they're the ones that are just as desperate, probably more desperate than the Edmonton Oilers if you look at the standings. So they should be a team that should come out and play well. And the, the Oilers talked about it. We had to weather the storm. They, they did, and then they bounced back. And I think that's the, the resiliency that we haven't seen in this Oilers team for years gone by. But if you want to be a team that's consistently uh, in the games, if you want to be a team that's playing in March and April and hopefully beyond, then you've got to be a team that can start periods well on the road. The Oilers didn't do that tonight. All right, the Japanese Village goal light, not quite 
turned on tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to activate it on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When that happens, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. So the Oilers are 8-3-1 and one on the season. You'll see backup goaltender Jonas Gustafson very likely make his first start tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings. You're still going to hear from Jordan Eberle. We'll go back to Brooklyn one more time. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Parandish Team Podcast. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Parandish Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Oilers take it 4-3 in a shootout over the New York Islanders tonight. Mike from Ottawa on the line. Mike, good to hear from you. Go ahead. How's it going, Robin Reed? Very good, thanks. Good. I, I guess um, address. Everybody always asks you how you guys are doing. You guys always say good, so I appreciate how many times you've got to repeat that. The fact that we should already know you guys are doing good. Well, we're doing better this year. There's more goods this year because we're winning. That's what I'm saying. So I look at standings. You know, we're doing pretty good. We're tied for first in the West. Chicago's got plus 13 on the goal differential, and the Oilers have plus 8. So I'd have to say when the season started, Todd McClellan started talking a lot about trying to change that goal differential, making sure that we scored more than we got scored against. And with the way Talbot's been playing, and overall, the way we've been winning, I think that we've been doing pretty good. Uh, I jumped in on the um, end of the second, so I didn't really see the first period tonight. But uh, how was McDavid overall? Was he pretty good? He's fine. Um, I, I, he's. We just talked about players that are the bars set very high for him. I mean, McDavid's bar is so high that if, if he doesn't have two or three points, people are disappointed. But he was fine. Easily could have had three or four points tonight. The puck just didn't go in for him. He had a number of great scoring chances. Uh, he, he's going to find it. I'm, Teams are ready for him. They're prepared for him. Just like when a Crosby steps on the ice, just like when an Ovechkin steps on the ice, you have game plans in in store to stop one player. And they're like, if the rest of this team can beat us, that's fine, but we're going to stop Connor McDavid. I thought he was fine tonight. Probably if you grade him out of 10, I don't know, 7, he was above average. It's just the puck wasn't bouncing for him. That just sounds like a not-too-bad night for him, and I'm happy to hear that Latestu got the overtime shootout winner, which was great. And uh, overall, I think uh, the Oilers are doing pretty good right now. Mike, good to hear from you, buddy. I know we'll talk again. 780-496-0063. Back to Brooklyn one more time. Here's Oilers winger Jordan Everly. Here with the win, especially what happened last year. The way things started tonight, yeah. how good does that feel to end the three-game win list too? Yeah, um, to, I mean, for the way the game started, we came out a little lackadaisical, and, and, you know, we're down too quick. And, you know, but we're a mentally stronger team here. We had a little bit more pushback, and, and obviously tied the game, and, and we're down 3-2 again, and, and decided to come back and win in overtime. So um, it's just signs of a more mature team. What can you say about the way you guys handle adversity? You're down two forwards uh, after 20 minutes. <laughs> what does that say about the way this team's mm-hmm. kind of fighting oh i mean that's just the, the i mean the depth we have in this lineup is the best i've seen um you know it seems like every night you know tesla's line scoring or coming up big for us and um tonight the power play was great i think we had two tonight um it's just kind of different stories for different wins every night um and you know we're finding different ways to win i know as of late here we've been a little bit uh you know we haven't been winning games three games as you said but we have a point one and we dropped the, i thought a game that we played really well in new york so um and then tonight tough start and we, we push back i think that's just a sign like i said of a more mature team how would you describe that ot because it's <laughs> fun to watch yeah um I'm sure it was exciting. I think that's why they put the format in. You know, there's bound to be odd man rushes and and turnovers and and breakaways, and and that's what you guys got tonight. So, um, 
Now you got to tip your cap to their goaltender and in camp too. They made some big saves in overtime, and, and uh, you know to to, to uh, uh, test for fun on a way to get one in the shootout. So the Oilers win a road game against the Islanders for the first time since December 14th, 1999, 4-3 in a shootout. Tomorrow, Rob, they're right back at it at Detroit. Yeah, with a little adversity. They, they've lost Russell for, for today and tomorrow. They're going to have a couple different forwards in, in tomorrow's game with Cassian and Piarvi out of the lineup. Uh, they got their backup goalie playing. In the past, things like this happened to the Oilers. It spelled doom. Uh, as you just heard Jordan Everly talk about, this is a much different team with a much different confidence and a bit of swagger. I expect the Oilers to come out tomorrow and, and play play well. And who knows, this could be the start of, a, of a, a successful road trip after a big win today. We'll have the Oilers on the wings on 6.30. Ched, 1.30 face-off show. The game will start at 3. Don't forget to move your clock back an hour before you go to bed tonight. Also, the Edmonton Eskimos win this afternoon 41-17 over Toronto. More on both teams on 6.30. Overtime open line presented by the Canadian Brew House. Coming to you from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout over the Islanders. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.